I'm Dave Cauley, investigative journalist and host of the podcast, Cold. Don't miss Cold's new Season 3, where I look into the unsolved disappearance of Cherie Warren, a woman last seen leaving her job at a Salt Lake City office in 1985. Police cast suspicion on Cherie's estranged husband and boyfriend, but never made any arrests or recovered Cherie's remains. Find Cold Season 3, The Search for Cherie, anywhere you get your podcasts. Inside Sources. Inside Sources. Inside Sources. Where KSL offers Utah deeper insights on the news. Host Boyd Matheson divides rage from reason and elevates the conversation on issues crucial to our community. On KSL News Radio 102.7 FM and 1160 AM. Some headlines focus on voter suppression. Other headlines emphasize voter integrity and confidence. The battle reached the U.S. Supreme Court, and the question for today is, does today's ruling by the Supreme Court of the United States unite or divide the nation when it comes to election law? Time to transcend the headlines. Let's begin. Think you know the news of the day? Think again. Supreme Court ruled in a 6-3 ruling today to uphold two voting rules in the state of Arizona. Uh, One of those bans ballot harvesting, uh, and another that bans people from casting a ballot in any precinct other than their own, uh, particularly on Election Day. Uh, The activists argue that these rules violate Section 2 of the Voting Rights Act, which says that you cannot burden voters based on race, ethnicity, or if they are part of a language minority. Chief Justice John Roberts, writing for the majority, said these restrictions are usual burdens of voting. So he's kind of laying the uh, determining factor in terms of the bar is not being set too high or in a discriminatory way. It has not demonstrated that minorities would be disproportionately impacted uh, by these two particular rules in the state of Arizona. So we want to break this all down today because, again, the headlines are easy to take shots at in terms of uh, what this does and does not do. I think the most important thing for us to recognize in this is that voter rights and voter integrity, those are compatible principles. Let's start with that. And they're not Democrat or Republican issues. Uh, These are just things we have to make sure we get right in the country. So let's start with the Arizona Attorney General, uh, Mark Brnovich, who argued the case before the Supreme Court. And he said in an interview with uh, CBS 5 TV in Phoenix today that concerns about making sure ballots are cast in the proper precinct uh, are are overblown. Take a listen. We can still have voting centers. We can still have early voting. A lot of those things are okay, and that's part of what this case was about, is can states determine the process for how they conduct their elections? So voting centers are okay if that's what you know the county or that's what the state wants to do. What it did do, though, is um, there are certain uh, limits on out-of-precinct voting the day of, and a majority of states in the country and even the District of Columbia have similar limits. And the Supreme Court said that's okay. States can conduct their own elections how they want to conduct them as long as everyone has a fair chance to vote. And that's the, uh, the important thing. Uh, the way everything is set up uh, in the Constitution is that these elections are done state by state. And a state has a right to conduct them how they choose and how they like as long as they do not discriminate against anyone. He did talk about this idea of voting centers, uh, which they have. Some say that's where some of this ballot harvesting takes place. Uh, But uh, again, he was making the case that uh, those are okay, uh, but it's also okay for them to say on election day, you got to go to your 
precinct and do that. Uh, let's shift now to uh, an, a uh, kind of an explanation coming out from ABC News uh, legal correspondent Kate Shaw. She talked about it in the context of how important today's ruling was uh, for all states and many of these other cases that are still out there and pending. When margins are very small in a state like Arizona, even a few thousand voters being impacted by a policy might you know, tip the balance of an election. Um, so I think this is a ruling that, that definitely will make it easier for states to impose restrictions, harder for, you know, plaintiffs, uh, voting rights groups to challenge these kinds of restrictions and could really impact the outcome in close elections going forward. So harder harder for uh, groups to challenge the laws, the voting laws, and what can and can't be done, where you can and can't cast a ballot. Uh, None of these, of course, uh, have anything to do with early voting or vote by mail. Those things are fine. It doesn't get into any of those things at all. Uh, I want to go to another uh, interesting take. Uh, This was from Loyola University law professor Jessica uh, Jessica Levinson on CBS News. And she talked about this in the context of what does this mean for the federal government when it tries to enforce, actually enforce Section 2 of the Voting Rights Act. But it also shows us that this particular court is not going to make Section 2 a really aggressive tool to try and fight the dilution of of voting rights, to try and fight any sort of restrictive voting laws. And so I think what we saw today is what we've expected for a long time in other cases, this six to three conservative to liberal split. So interesting. She uh, she did mention the six three split on the vote today at the Supreme Court. And uh, her reference to that was saying, hey, this is kind of what we were expecting out of this court, the new makeup of the court. Uh, but it's been an interesting. The court has surprised in many of the cases thus far uh, during the the, uh, the session that just finished up. Uh, many of them were 9-0, 7 There were some really interesting groupings between different justices on different cases. So it was not just a traditional liberal versus conservative split that many have been trying to turn the court into. Uh, I think it's much more than that. And I think we do have to give credit uh, to our justices who can look at the law and interpret, not just based on which president appointed them or nominated them to the Supreme Court uh, in terms of political parties, but really getting down to what does the law say and then how do we actually apply it. Uh, I want to round out this section uh, going full circle here. Let's go uh, Let's go back to the Arizona Attorney General, uh, Mark uh, Bernovic, uh, who, who talked about and argued uh, the case, as we mentioned, uh, but he also said that uh, there are, you know, legitimate concerns that we've got to make sure we address so that we can all have confidence in the results of elections. You know, when I made the argument, uh, one of the things that we pointed out is no less than Jimmy Carter had said that one of the greatest threats to election integrity was ballot harvesting. We know as recently as 2018, a Republican in North Carolina used ballot harvesting and an election was overturned and uh, North Carolina went without a congressional seat for nearly a year. So this is an issue that isn't Republican, isn't Democrat. It's about the integrity of the process. And when we originally had a 10-day trial on this issue, there were folks from the African-American community here in Phoenix that testified that they were worried about the impact this would have and that there had been people even going to their neighborhoods saying they were government officials. And, and so the reality is, is that one of the greatest threats to election integrity is having political candidates or political parties collect and handle your ballot. All right, and then I just want to round, round everything out uh, back to Loyola University law professor Jessica Levinson in terms of what does this really mean uh, moving forward? 
is she says, obviously, this has a disparate impact on minorities and that Section 2 of the Voting Rights Act doesn't fulfill its promise of acting to protect the votes, particularly of racial minorities. So for people who wanted to challenge restrictive voting laws throughout the country, they cannot be excited about this ruling. So a lot to think about there. Again, I don't think that these are left or right issues. These are American issues, to be sure. Uh, as I mentioned earlier in the day today, I don't often agree with Justice Kagan, uh, but she did say something that has me thinking today. Maybe it'll get you thinking today. She said, if a single statute represents the best of America, it is the Voting Rights Act. It marries two great ideals, democracy and racial equality, and it dedicates our country to carrying them out. She also said, if a single statute reminds us of the worst of America, it is the Voting Rights Act, because it was and remains necessary. And so I think there's a, a lot to think about, and there's a lot contained uh, in the rulings, in the opinions today. To me, the most important thing is that everyone have the opportunity to exercise that most important right to vote, uh, to, be do it without, to be able to do it without obstruction uh, or prejudice, and We need to make sure that everything we do in our election laws promotes confidence and trust in the system because that's what allows us to have elections and then for the country to march forward. Think again with Lloyd Matheson on KSL News Radio. A stranger with a gun came upon two teens taking pictures under a rising full moon. But violence is only the beginning of this story. Sometimes I thought, there are no miracles. Yeah, there are. And this is a big one. I'm Amy Donaldson, and I've spent my career talking about how lives are undone by violence. The Letter is a podcast about how lives are remade. Follow The Letter at theletterpodcast.com or wherever you get your podcasts.